Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. My college classmate, Patrick D., is one of five boys. As kids, they were rambunctious and reckless and unrelentingly rowdy. One summer, Patrick's mother was at the wheel, the car filled to the gills with boys and baggage on a long ride to a vacation spot. Her husband was working in the city and planned to join his family for the weekend, enjoying the luxury of driving alone. You can imagine the way the overburdened and overwrought station wagon looked from behind, sagging under the weight and pitching from side to side as the boys pummeled each other inside. The noise, Patrick said, was deafening. Eventually, the police pulled over Mrs. D for slow and erratic driving. When the officer came to the door, Patrick's beleaguered mother began pleading with him, please arrest me, officer, she said. She was completely serious. Please take me to some quiet jail where I can have some peace. For the first time in hours, the car was completely silent. All I know of the rest of this story is that Patrick's father went out and bought a hearse. For the rest of his childhood, the D brothers rode in the back of the hearse and their mother drove up front in relative peace. I remembered this story when a colleague reminded me of a fabulous old New Yorker cartoon picturing a Bedouin family making their way across the desert. Father, mother, two kids, traveling single file on their loaded camels. The caption reads, stop asking if we're almost there. We're Bedouins for crying out loud. I don't know how many of you have memories in this vein. I think you had to come of age before Game Boy. At any rate, perhaps needless to say, these stories are iconic, both hilarious and soul-searing. Vacations have a way of bringing out both the very best and the very worst. Maybe it's families that have a way of bringing out the very best and the very worst, which is to say that families have a lot to teach us about ourselves, the power of spiritual practice, and the grace of resiliency. Jack Cornfield writes, it is one thing to offer a multitude of prayers for the sick and the poor, or to undertake loving kindness and compassion meditations for thousands of sentient beings everywhere. It is another to bring these same practices to our own families. Need I elaborate? I don't think I can improve on this but just would add that trying is a worthy enterprise. Trying to bring an open heart to our family. And I'm 
thinking especially here of our family of origin, the one with which we don't remember signing up. <laughs> I'm talking about the high wire act of spiritual practice. The practice is to extend compassion everywhere, at all times. A great challenge and a worthy undertaking. There's a Chinese Zen saying I love that says, don't confuse freedom with running away. It is like running from your shadow. This is false emptiness. There is nowhere you can go that is more or less empty than your own house. Enlightenment has been here from the start. Jack Cornfield tells the story of a young woman who had become deeply engaged in Buddhist practice, visiting her fundamentalist Christian parents. We are spared the details, I know you can imagine, but rewarded with her insight. My parents hate me when I'm a Buddhist, she says, but they love me when I'm a Buddha. Did I mention that this isn't fun? Well, mostly it's not, unless you count the time we spend commiserating with our friends. Please don't ever feel alone with the struggle to make peace with your past. Your spiritual companions in this beloved community also have a past and are also trying to practice compassion, to love, to let go, and to forgive both ourselves and others. I preached the great Dharma Change Me for You last week from Mipam, who is the oldest son of the great Tibetan spiritual teacher Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. Trungpa composed a death poem in which he wrote about the value of the teachings he had offered to his students and then reminded them, I will be haunting you. I take tremendous comfort in the idea of being haunted by the voice urging us on to compassion, both for ourselves and for others. Are we there yet? Sometimes we're there. Sometimes, perhaps, if we're lucky. It might help to remember that even sometimes is good, very good, if you want to make peace with a difficult past and you continue to call home, hoping that this time maybe, just maybe, the conversation might go differently, it might help to remember to put a sticky on your mirror that says, don't dial pain. Don't dial pain. And call someone who will receive you as you are and give you what you really want. If you want to make peace with a difficult past, it might help to remember when compelled to make a difficult visit, to bow out of your part in the play and take a seat in the second balcony. Take a mental, emotional, and spiritual seat there and watch the show, your family show, as if you're watching the circus. Choose your metaphor. Maybe for you it's a Fellini film festival. It might help to remember the Zen teaching that the capacity for enlightenment is in this very moment. Take a deep breath. Keep breathing. 
and practice what Catholic monk Thomas Merton advised, that we seek to learn to see the secret beauty of their hearts. I know, sometimes that beauty is a very big secret. Keep trying. And then there are those of you who come from amazing families. And those of you who have created amazing families, whether or not you enjoyed the great good fortune to come from one. I have the privilege of knowing some of the amazing families of this congregation, and it has helped and healed and held me more than I can ever say. It has also been a great gift to Kem and me and to our children, since I learned so much about good parenting from the parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles who are here this morning. I lift this up both to say thank you and to recommend the good counsel of our spiritual companions. Children do not come with operating instructions. And parenting is so hard that it helped me to forgive everything, everything that my own parents ever did wrong. I commend to you the wisdom of this beloved community of memory and hope. In a tribute to parenting that exemplifies devotion and forgiveness, I want to close by sharing with you two extraordinary mother stories. First, devotion. The children of the mothers of the Plaza de Mayo disappeared between 1976 and 1983 during the military dictatorship of Argentina's dirty war. Exact numbers are part of the secret. 11,000 to 30,000 young people were systematically kidnapped, tortured, and killed. On April 30th, 1977, 14 founding mothers who met each other while trying to find their children started to demonstrate on the Plaza de Mayo in front of the presidential palace. Police snapped at them to keep moving, so they walked the plaza in slow circles, wearing white headscarves symbolizing baby blankets with their children's names embroidered on them. At 85, Maria Adela Antokos moves with slow, tottering steps and enormous dignity. We were scared to death, she says. We learned to walk with fear, to live with fear. We had an obligation to find our children. Even when three of their founders were disappeared, the Madres continued to walk. For nearly 29 years, they walked at 3.30 every Thursday afternoon, demanding justice. By the end, Elderly and fragile, they walked arm in arm. And then on January 26, 2006, they made their final walk, declaring that they could stop at last because the government was no longer hostile or indifferent to the fate of their children. They never found their children, but they awakened a whole nation and the world. In the plaza, Maria Adela Antocolt says, we told our story, we cried together, 
The plaza was our educational academy. It saved us from the madhouse. My favorite line is from Julio Cortazar, the exiled Argentine writer. When he heard about the mothers of the Plaza de Mayo, he said, the mothers are out. The military has already lost. First, devotion, and then forgiveness. Devotion and forgiveness. This is from the director of a program for juvenile offenders in Washington, D.C., as told to Jack Cornfield. One 14-year-old boy in the program had shot and killed an innocent teenager to prove himself to his gang. At the trial, the victim's mother sat in silence. After the verdict was announced, she stood up slowly, stared directly at him, and said, I am going to kill you. After the first several months, she went to see her son's murderer. He had been living on the streets before the killing, and she was the only visitor he had. For a time, they talked, and when she left, she gave him money for cigarettes. Then she started to come more regularly, bringing food and small gifts. Near the end of his three-year sentence, she asked him what he would be doing when he got out. He was confused and very uncertain. She offered to set him up with a job at a friend's company. Then she inquired about where he would live. He had no family. She offered him temporary use of the spare room in her house. For eight months, he worked at the job and lived in her home. Then one evening, she called him into the living room to talk. She sat down opposite him. Do you remember in the courtroom when I said I was going to kill you, she asked. I'll never forget that moment, he replied. Well, I did, she said. I did not want the boy who could kill my son for no reason to remain alive on this earth. I wanted him to die. That's why I started to visit you and bring you things. That's why I got you the job and let you live here in my house. That's how I set about changing you. And that old boy, he's gone. So now I want to ask you, since my son is gone and that killer is gone, if you'll stay here. I've got room and I'd like to adopt you if you'd let me. And so she became the mother of her son's killer, the mother he had never had. My spiritual companions, are we there yet? We're on our way. Families can bring out the very worst and the very best. It's up to us to choose what we will do with what we are given. May we know the grace of resiliency. May we give ourselves to the spiritual practice of compassion. Breathe and seek the secret beauty of every heart.
let us remember especially to draw strength from this beloved community and to give it away. May we be a people known for our devotion and forgiveness. <laughs>